Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you with the Word of God. Again, always an honor, always a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. I'm so glad you're connecting with us. We're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 3, please. I think if you recall, or hopefully you recall, last week we talked about eliminating uh, some limits that are in our life, and I want to talk some more about that. But our opening text is out of Ephesians 3, and we're going to go to verse 14, read through this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Praise God. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being, here we go, rooted and grounded in love, which is a pretty big key here today. Verse 18, may be able then to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length, the depth, and the height. Here we go, to know the love of Christ. So it's very important here, to know the love of Christ. Here we go, which passes or surpasses knowledge or understanding, okay, that you may be then filled here we go, filled with all the fullness of God, okay? And we're talking about eliminating limits, amen. In God, there are no limits. So it's talking about here, filled with all the fullness of God. Now a verse we all know, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And I'll go ahead and read verse 21. And to him... Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Verse 20 again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let's define some of that again. All right. The word able here, he is uh, to him who is able. It's uh, duname, okay, which means to be able or possible to do, to be able or possible to do, and it means to be of power to do. In other words, again, it's already starting right off the bat talking about being unlimited. So he's unlimited, all right? So to be able or possible to do or be of power to do. And then the word exceedingly abundantly, which is actually under, into one word, exceedingly abundantly, parisimo, okay, parisos, oh, there it is, uh, means superabundantly means beyond measure, even more. Okay, so again, no, no limits here. Above all, which is the next word here, above all, which is hupa, okay, which means over and above, beyond all, or superior to, or more, uh, more or higher than, all right? All right, so we're talking about here, obviously, you know, he puts all these words together. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. See, he's shoving a lot of here right at the big in the get-go here, but he's letting it be known in God there's no limits. And that's why earlier he's talking about that you can be filled with the fullness. When went you filled with the fullness of God? Amen. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Amen. That you could ask your thing. In other words, so he's able to do. He's he's got. Uh, no limits, praise God. He wants you full, amen, of the fullness of God or filled uh, to the full with the fullness of God, we could say, <clears throat> amen, which basically is saying this, and you have to understand there's no limits on God. So 
it comes back to then, okay, where, where are limits in our life? Well, the next part of the verse says this. Uh, let me read it again. Not to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, amen, according to the power that works in us. So this is where the contingency is, so to speak. This is where sometimes the limits be are at. Uh, according to the power, the word power now is dunamis, okay? Um, so that word means miraculous power or ability. It means literally a to-be-possible force, all right? Or, here we go, existing in possibility, amen? Now, that's not where the limit is, okay? He says here, okay, uh, according to the power, okay, that, here we go, works in us. That's kind of where the limit is, all right? That's where sometimes we have some uh, fluctuation, all right? Because it depends on what's working in you, all right? And that word works there, uh, energeo, okay, where we get our word energy, but it means to be actively working, efficiently working, come on now, or effectually operative, all right? So the bottom line is, is that there is no limits in God, but the limits come based on what's working in you and me, that to-be-possible force that's at work within us, that that existing in possibility, where does that line up in our thinking? Where does that line up within us? What part of that is operative? How efficient is that working in you and me, praise God? And of course, as we brought out uh, you know, uh, quite a bit uh, last week, talking about the, the really the limits are in the way we see things and the way we think things, all right? In fact, the word impossible amen, means is defined as that which is not seen as possible or not thought as obtainable, all right? That's what the word impossible means. So the only impossibilities are just based on how we see things and how we think things. Now, again, we know there are no limits in God. In fact, you know, we did a couple references last week. Let's do them again real quick here. Luke 1 and 37 says, for with God, see, with God, nothing will be impossible. See, with God, nothing will be impossible, praise God. Scripture says there's nothing too hard for God, amen. Nothing's too hard for Him, praise God. Luke 18 and 27 says this, the things which are impossible with men are not impossible with God. In other words, the things that deem or seem or look or thought as impossible to man is not impossible with God. In other words, there are no limits in God. All right, the only limits are going to be based on how we see things or think things. All right, Mark 9, Jesus said this, Mark 9 and 23, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In other words, if you can connect your believing, your confidence, your assurance, your reliance, amen, your faith, if you can believe, amen, hallelujah, then all things are possible. So in other words, if we can get this working in you, in other words, the all possible, all right? If we can get that working, if that existing impossibility can be working at a higher level in you, if, if, the, uh, uh, if the, that to-be-possible force, amen, can be working efficiently in you, guess what? Nothing's going to be impossible for you, amen. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes, praise God. Of course, that was words in red, right? That was Jesus talking. Now, again, as we brought out uh, last week, um, you know, uh, Ephesians, or probably Colossians 3 and verse 2, 
it just says this, it set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Now, of course, I'm kind of, you know, maybe jumping right into it right off the bat because it really comes down to how you're going to think things. Amen. Uh, you know, what you're setting your attention on. <clears throat> Even when it comes time to the way things look, it really comes down to you look at something, it doesn't look right, and so you, the thought comes that it ain't right. And that, so really when it comes right down to it, impossibilities are primarily based on how you think. All right, and that's just kind of condensing it real quick there. But primarily about how you think. Now that's determined by what you set your attention on. That's why he says set your attention on things above. See, if you set your attention on things above, you're going you're gonna to operate in a realm of, of possibility all the time. If you set your mind down here on things of this earth, then you're going to find that you're always going to be in a realm of limits. Okay, Everything's limited. It's just like with the Word of God. You know, you have the Word, and really what we have here is uh, uh, God's Word, but it's, it's in a language of, uh, you know, nothing's impossible or existing impossibility. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, I have a Bible that's written in English, okay, so I'm not talking about English or talking about a Spanish or, or French or, or whatever, anything like that. I'm talking about really a language of heaven is really a language of possibility. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a language that exists in possibility. So what you do is you set your attention on what God has to say, and you automatically attach to a realm of possibility. But now you get down here, you know, on earth and you keep, you know, put your attention down here all the time. Guess what? Everything around us has, a, has its own language, too. And again, I'm not talking about English, Spanish, French, anything like that. I'm talking about really the way things operate. It's like it has its own language. It, it, it has a way of, of thinking. And what it is, is really, it's, it's, a, it's a language of limits, okay? Now, one of the definitions of limits, uh, one of the definitions, means to a point and no more. In other words, it only, can only take you so far. It can only go so far. In fact, if, you, if the word, if you looked up the word, let me see if I got it here in my notes, but the word limited, I just took some time and I looked it up. What does limited mean? I mean, we kind of all have an idea, but it, it means restricted. Okay, confined, which is kind of a key word, confined or constricted or constrained. Okay, it also means that which has been locked up, bound, bond, pardon me, bound or bondage. Okay, there we go. So there's a, all of that kind of synonyms, things that kind of uh, mean, uh, mean to be limited. All right, so when we're talking about setting our attention, our thoughts, our way of thinking on, on things that are uh, of, a, of a higher realm, a heavenly realm, which means we attach to a language of possibility. We set our attention, our way of thinking down here. All of our thoughts now are running based on what we're, how things are looking here, how we think down here. Guess what? We've automatically attached to a language of limits. Okay. Now I'm saying all that because when we're talking about you know, operating our walk in God, our life in God without limits. He wants you filled to the full, amen, come on now, with the fullness of God, all right? He wants you filled with the fullness of God. And he's not going to be the problem when it comes time to limits. It's going to be based on how you think things, amen, hallelujah. Now, last week... 
I kind of closed the service talking about, you know, in this text here about, you know, he talks about knowing love, knowing the love that Christ has for you, knowing the love, I mean, the height, the length, the depth, the breadth of the love, you know, the being rooted and grounded in love. There's a, there's a reason that all that's said, because the more you get to know love, amen, um, this is going to make some more sense for, as we get into it, but the more you get to know love, the more you'll realize there's no limits, because there are no limits in love, all right? There are no limits in love because God is love, okay? Now, hang on to this. Now, love, okay? Let's uh, maybe say it this way. I think uh, maybe I'll just quote this and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll move on here, but 1 John chapter 4, and I believe it's verse 16, okay? It says this, that, that we're called to know love and to believe in the love that he has for us. And then it goes on to talk about, amen, God is love, and then says then to abide in that love, all right? Now, that's kind of the key. And again, without really getting to it real, you know, in depth here, uh, the idea is to get to know love himself, amen, and to believe in the love that he has for you. Now, if you can believe in the love that he has for you, I guarantee you there'll be no limits. Because when you understand love himself and you understand how much, how much he loves you, you'll understand there's no, there's no place for limits. Amen. God will meet every need. God will show himself strong. God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the more you get to know Mr. Love, I'm kind of doing that on purpose, the more you get to know Mr. Love, and then the more you believe in that love that he has for you, the less you'll walk, the less limits you'll walk in. Praise God. All right. Now, one of the problems with um, having our attention on natural things, okay, living more with our attention down here, like you said, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. See, a lot of times when we're setting our mind down here, one of the things that begins to dictate when it comes time to thought processes is fear-based thoughts. Okay, I'm going to toss that out there because I'm going I'm to talk on that a little bit today is fear-based thoughts, because fear-based thoughts really are about limits, okay? It's about locking you up. It's about that, you know, remember those words we, we read about or we uh, quoted to you about limited, constrained, constricted, bound up, locked up, okay? Uh, in bondage, those are all words that means that, you know, being limited, okay? And fear is all about limiting you, okay, one way or another. Okay, so I'm going to spin off that, and we're going to go to 1 John. Okay, let's go to 1 John, and we're going to go to chapter 4. Now, I quoted you verse 16 in there, and, uh, but I'm going to uh, read verse 18 for right now, and then uh, for sake of time, Otherwise, I'm going to get kind of all wrapped up in this thing, and then I'll not get to what I have to get done today, all right? So I just kind of want to make my point and then kind of move into what we have for you today. Verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. Okay, there is no fear in love. Uh, but perfect love casts out fear, all right? In other words, what's, what's more powerful? Love is, all right? Perfect love or complete love, now keep that in mind, complete love casts out fear, okay? Because fear involves torment. Okay, but he who fears has not been made perfect, or here we go, or complete in love. In other words, they don't, they're not, they haven't got to know love, or they haven't really at this place 
they're not believing fully in the love that God has for them. All right. So as a result of it, then they're not abiding in that love. Now that's kind of like I said, that's kind of some of the verses prior to this. But let's read this verse 18 again. There is no fear in love. So let's define fear real quick. Phobos, okay, which means uh, everything from insecurity, okay, worry, anxiety, dread, panic, to feel threatened or even apprehension. In other words, staggering or stumbling. You know, and talking about just you know just kind of not all the way with it, you're just kind of apprehensive, okay, all that's involved in that word phobos, okay, where we actually get our word phobia, okay, so fear, okay, means insecurity, worry, anxiety, dread, panic, to feel threatened or apprehension, okay, it says here there is no fear in love, okay, now we just got done saying God is love, okay, he is agape, he is love, all right, so God is love. In other words, we could say there's no fear in him, but for, you know, because of what we're trying to establish today, there's no fear in love. So you get to know love and you come into a place of believing in the love that he has for you. I guarantee you, you're not going to walk in many limits. All right. And you begin to abide and remain and continue and flow in life in that love. You'll see less and less limits in your life all the time because you actually are getting to know love, amen. So you're becoming, as he brought out there in Ephesians, you're becoming now rooted and grounded in love. See, a lot of times we read that, we just think, well, it's talking about your love walk, which, which I guess, you know, it isn't necessarily wrong, but you have to understand that, you know, you're really not going to walk in true love without knowing love first. See, you get to know love, and you get to believe in the love He has for you. It's a lot easier for you to walk in love. Otherwise, you're just going to, you're always going to, you know, have fear-based thoughts. It's hard to walk in love when you think everybody's trying to, you know, know, dupe you or or, uh, take advantage of you or, or, you know, everybody else is, you know, you're looking at limit everything else out there that's limited when it comes time to somebody else's love towards you. In other words, you're, you're, you're going to be very limited in your walk in love until you get to know love. When you get to know him, Mr. Love, and then you begin to, you know, to stretch yourself to believe more and more every day in that love that he has for you, Amen. It gets so much easier to walk in love with other people because you're not moved by everything else. Amen. You're not limited in that. Okay, now let's go back to this verse. Verse 18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love or complete love. And it's talking about in context, about you knowing him, okay, and you believing in that. So you become complete or mature in that love. Amen. And it says then it'll cast out fear. It'll cast out fear. In other words, uh, the limits, that fear, that that apprehension, the insecurity, the uh, the worry, the the anxiety, all that stuff goes out the window because you're becoming more and more complete in love. All right, it casts out love, and it says because here we go, fe- uh, fear involves torment. Fear involves torment. All right, that word torment, he uses everything from like punishment to vex to harass, uh, anguish. To inflict distress, agitation, annoyance. Boy, that lot of there's a lot of a lot of ugly words there. But it just means fear is ain't fun. Fear ain't ain't no good for anybody. And the more you're walking in fear, 
See, the more tormented you are in whatever area of your life, and this is going to make more sense as we get into this, because there's all kinds of areas that we allow fear to operate, that we allow our thought life to go over into an area of fear, apprehension, come on, uh, worry, anxiety, insecurity. See, depending on what we're talking about, see, you might walk in some areas of your life without much fear there, but you might get into another area of your life and have all kinds of fear, fear-based thoughts, all right, which then means you're automatically going to be limited. And even though in God there are no limits, you're limited because it, it, there ain't much working in you. There ain't much of that, that to-be-possible force, that existing impossibility working in you. All right? All right. Praise God. So, uh, so fear involves torment. But here we go. He who fears... In other words, if you're allowing fear in your life, it says this, that he has not been made perfect in love or complete or mature in that love. In other words, if you're operating in some form of fear, again, let's define fear, phobos, insecurity, worry, anxiety, dread, panic, to feel threatened all the time or to uh, walk in an area of apprehension all the time. You're always staggering, okay? Not, not quite, you know, all in, all right? That's what that means. So the bottom line is, if there's any form of fear in any area of your life, you have to understand that in that area of your life, you're not made complete in the area of love. You, in other words, you haven't got a full understanding of who love is, and you don't have a full understanding, or maybe both or one or the other, you lack a, 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 a belief in the love that he has for you, okay? That could be. Okay, uh, you might be struggling with the fact that, that God loves me. In other words, there's so much of God's love toward me that I, I never have to fear anything because God's in love with me, all right? So God's got my back. God's, God's with me. He's not leaving me nor forsaking me. Regardless of how it looks or what's going on, I know my God's got me, praise God. Now, hang on to all that because everything we're going to touch on today is going to be dealing in that area there, praise God. So fear... The problem with fear is fear keeps us um, self-conscious all the time. And I'm just going to kind of start throwing out some, some things here. Fear keeps you in an area of, of being self-conscious, okay, instead of God-conscious, okay? Um, you know, any time, you know, that when you think about the limits, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when your attention is down here and you're all caught up in everything going around, see, you're more, you're more conscious of everything down here. You're more conscious of, of who you are, where you are, what's going on, what's going to happen to you, what about this, what about that, instead of being God conscious, amen, knowing that I don't have to be concerned about any of this, all right? So fear keeps us more self-conscious uh, than, than God conscious. And you kind of see that when you start thinking about the word self-conscious, insecure, self-protective, uh, you know, you, a lot of times that happens, you know, um, you know, you get, you get a little bit nervous about what's going to happen if I do this, or if I say this, or if I go here, or if I, uh, you know, if I, you know, get involved with this or get involved, what's going to, what, what about me? What, that's what, that's all fear-based thoughts. All right. All right. Fear, praise God, limits us and locks us up behind walls of containment. Thought I threw that up there. Throw that out there. Fear limits us and keeps us locked up behind walls of containment. Now I want to show you that uh, in the next few verses we're going to go to. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two, please. Hebrews chapter two. 
And let's look a little bit of this. Now remember, we are talking about removing uh, these limitations in our life, all right? Removing these limitations, eliminating them, praise God. Uh, but you got to kind of understand, you know, where the limits are. You got to understand, you know, really what they look like. Amen. And then you can start addressing them and start taking authority over them. All right. Now, how many know, you know, um, we're not here to manage fear. Uh, you know, sometimes I hear people the way they talk about it. You know, it's OK to have a little fear. No, it ain't. Fear is straight from the pit of hell. All right. And we're not called to manage fear. In fact, we're going to see here in a second that fear is 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 really about bondage. And, you know, when you think about managing fear, you know, you stop and think about it for a minute. How do you manage bondage? You don't manage bondage. You get rid of bondage, all right? So just kind of hang on to that. So here we go, common text here, uh, when you talk about things like fear, verse, uh, or probably chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 14, says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death, here we go, that through death, he might, of course, talking about Jesus, destroy him who had the power of death. And, of course, who's that? That is the devil. So we know who he's talking about there. So he had the power of death. He doesn't anymore. All right. But it says that Jesus came to destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And what else? And release those, amen, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, this just comes right out and calls one of them what it is. It's the fear of death, which you have no reason to fear death as a child of God. The word says to be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord. And, and really, the fear of death might kind of almost be the granddaddy of them all, uh, because when it really kind of all breaks down, it's really kind of what it's about, okay? Uh, you know, it's the fear of death, okay? The fear of, of being uh, eliminated or removed or, uh, you know, somehow overlooked or, or forgotten about or whatever, okay? So the fear of death, it says here uh, that those who were delivered or released from that, amen, were all their lifetime, you know, subject to bondage, okay? Now, it's a key thing, okay? Subject to bondage here uh, is defined as liable to, liable to slavery. In other words, subject to bondage means liable to slavery, or to be enslaved, okay? It speaks of things like, again, bound, uh, which really refers to sometimes about boundaries, So, but it's closing one in. It's you're subject to bondage. You're, you're enclosed. You're in captivity. You're, you're locked up. You're bound up. Come on, that's what it's talking about here. Anytime you operate under the fear of death, or at least in this text, it's talking about the fear of death, all right, but really all fear is really about bondage. You're going to see that here in a couple more verses. All right, so uh, anyway, so uh, fear, um, then uh, you're, you're subject to bondage, okay? Okay, so there it again is where I'm talking about earlier about you're not, we can't manage bondage, okay? You just got to get rid of bondage. You don't, don't play around with that. Uh, I wrote down a few more things here. Fear causes nervous reactions in decision-making. Okay, that's the problem with it. So you're you're bound up. So anytime there's time to make decisions because you're 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 subject to bondage because of fear, uh, it starts messing with your head all the time. So anytime you're trying to make decisions, move forward in life, amen. Uh, you're going to be confused all the time. Uh, you're going to be uh, nervous, amen. All your reactions are going to show forth that you're nervous, you're fearful, apprehensive, worry. Come on, that's where all these words now start fitting in here. All right. 
So uh, it causes nervous reactions in uh, decision-making. Fear causes hesitation when movement is required, and it also causes impulsiveness when inactivity is, is required. And then you think, well, that's both, that's, it's both sides. In other words, when you should be moving forward, you're not, and when you should stop and hold steady, you're not. That's, that's what fear will cause you to it'll make all the decisions uh, off. It'll just confuse everything, all right? That's the problem with fear. All right. And so these fear based thoughts come in. Now it starts messing with your head. Come on now. And now all of a sudden you're not able to pull on or to walk in the unlimited resources that God has for you because it's hard to walk in faith when you're in fear. All right. It's hard to believe for the impossible when you're held by them. Okay. When fear is dictating, it'll keep you in bondage, it'll keep you bound up. It'll keep you shackled down. It'll keep you in chains. That's what fear will do. And remember now who's the author of fear, right? It's the enemy, right? He's the author of that mess, all right? Let's let's look at another reference. Romans 8. Hallelujah. Once again, back in Romans 8, I tell you, always have a verse in Romans 8. Hallelujah. Romans 8. And, uh, Let's see, I think maybe I'll read a few verses here. Verse uh, uh, 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. There's that word again. You did not receive, you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, okay, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In other words, what happens here when fear comes on the scene, see that, that word, that spirit of bondage, that word spirit also means breath, uh, wind or current of air, okay? But it's talking about when, uh, when the, the, the breath of, of bondage comes, when fear comes in the picture, it's like, it's like a breath of bondage that comes, okay? It's like a wind or a current of bondage that tries to come in and lock you down. And it says here, that you didn't receive that. That's not what God gave you. He didn't come to lock you down, uh, bound you up, to, to limit you in any way, shape, or form. Come on now. He didn't give you a spirit of bondage, again, to fear. What did he give you? A spirit of adoption. You're part of the family, praise God. A spirit of adoption, which cries out, Abba, Father, praise God. You see him as your, your heavenly father, praise God. Your daddy, so to speak, praise God. Amen. And he's, he says that uh, in, in verse 16, that the spirit then begins to bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And it goes on to say, if children, then heirs of God, right? And join heirs with Christ. I mean, uh, the whole idea is that, see, the more you get a hold of the fact that you get to know love, and believe in that love he has for you, the less fear you operate in. So you start actually believing that you're, you're, you're a child of God, amen, and that your heavenly Father would never, uh, never desert you, uh, never, uh, you know, turn his back on you. Hallelujah. He's there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, praise God. Why? Because you're a child of the Most High. See, God didn't give you a spirit of bondage to limit you, hold you captive. He gave you a spirit of adoption that cries out, Abba, Father, amen. And your spirit then begins to connect with his and you realize and recognize who you are, praise God, and whose you are, amen. That's, that's real, that's key, amen. But when you are bound by fear, see, when fear is dominating, 
in your life, what happens those those fear-based thoughts begin to dominate. You forget who you are. You forget whose you are. Pretty soon you're, you're trying to fix everything yourself or you're, you're maneuvering and manipulating and, and adjusting this, adjusting that just to try to make ends meet, just try to make yourself, you know, just trying to survive or whatever it is because you're bound by, by thoughts of fear. Uh, come on now, you're bound by bondage. Come on, you're locked up, chained down, shackled down based on fear. We got worry. We got anxiety. We got insecurity. I mean, we can go on and on and on about all these fear-based thoughts, phobos, these, these phobias and things that begin to try to hold you captive. Or you can believe the love that God has for you. You can believe in, or probably you can know that love. You can know Mr. Love, and you can believe in that love he has for you. And that fear goes out the window, praise God. Amen. Walk free from bondage, right? Come on now. Praise God. Uh, 2 Timothy, let's look at another one here. Amen. 2 Timothy, please. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go to chapter 1, please. And it says this. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which uh, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Of course, he's talking to Timothy. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Verse 6 then, I had to read it to get to this verse. Therefore, I remind you, come on, now he's talking to Timothy. Come on, listen up, Timothy. He said, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on, my, laying on of my hands. In other words, I've prayed with it. You know this. We, 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 we know you're called. We know you're gifted. Amen. We know you got the goods to do what you're called to do. Praise God. So you got to stir up that gift and, and follow through. Praise God. And then he said this in verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, that's that word again, that breath, that current of air. I'm on the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, that's what God has given you. All right. He's not, he's not breathed fear into you. All right. So obviously what's going on is Timothy right now is feeling the fear of whatever it is he's up against. Now, what's going on in context, really, in all honesty, is, uh, you know, he's got a lot of his leadership that are being attacked. Uh, some even being killed, okay, for their faith. Um, you know, he has, at the time of the writing, he had one of the largest works uh, as far as a Christian church. Uh, the, you know, it's just a, a massive church at that time. And people were just coming from every direction uh, to get saved, uh, to come into the kingdom. And as a result of it, uh, you know, the enemy, you know, started putting up a fight. And all of a sudden, they're putting pressure on him and his church leaders and so now he's having all these second thoughts about, you know, man, in other words, apprehension, worry, anxiety about what's all going on, what's going to happen to my church, what's going to happen to these people, what's going to happen to me, my family. Come on, that's what he's starting to think about. So, so Paul tries to stir him up again, says, listen, you do what you're called to do. Remember, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. In other words, stop, stop letting the enemy breathe on you. Stop letting the enemy breathe bondage onto you. 
Don't buy into these thoughts. Yeah, there's things going on. Yeah, stuff's happening. But you stay locked on what you're called to do. You stay locked on who you are. You stay locked on to whose you are, praise God. You stay locked on, praise God, to the things you're destined to do. Don't waver. Don't back up. Don't take in those thoughts. Don't let that, that bondage breathe on you. Don't let those limits breathe on you. Don't you take those in. Cast that stuff down. Cast that thought down. Take authority over that, uh, you know, that spirit. Don't let that thing breathe into you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but what has he given you? He's given you, it says here, power and love and a sound mind. Praise God. Amen. Let's look at those three things real quick before I let you go here today. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the word power, dynamis, which is a word we looked at earlier, but it means the same thing, force or miraculous power or ability, amen, or strength of might to do a work, okay? So in other words, again, it's just talking about God's power and ability. He's given you power. Well, what's he given you power for? Well, he's given you that strength or that might or that power to overcome anything that you're facing right now, amen. So don't let yourself give in to, uh, you know, that, that current of bondage, that that fear, that 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 uh, panic, that uh, worry, that uh, insecurity. Come on, now there's all kinds of ways it comes. I'm just I'm trying to mention several of them because you may be going along, and the only thing you're dealing with in yourself is you're insecure about who you are concerning whatever it is you have to do. See, that could be what Timothy's dealing with. He doesn't feel, uh, you know, he feels maybe insecure. Uh, to do the task that's ahead of him. But he said, listen, I've, you don't have to do that. Don't give in to that. That didn't come from God. But what did come from God is an ability, that, that unlimited power, that miraculous power is given to you so that you can overcome all these things. Amen. So don't, don't let your attention go down a road where you're going to let fear dictate and hold you in bondage to lock you down and limit you. Instead, lock on to the power that God has given you, praise God, because you got the goods to get the job done, because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world, praise God. So he's trying to tell Timothy, listen, Timothy, you got what it takes to do this, praise God. So he's given you power, and the next one is he's given you love, and that word, of course, agape, right, which means deep affection. It speaks of things like benevolent, charity, or self-sacrificial, or even an unconditional love. A lot of times we like to look at that. But what's the purpose of that? What's this all about? Well, he gives us strength of assurance. Amen. Now, listen, strength of assurance, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to knowing that we're covered with that. Amen. So that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time. When you bring that, that the whole text out of Ephesians, or, yeah, Ephesians 3 and uh, what we see there in 1 John chapter 4, what he's talking about is believe in that love. Amen. God has got you covered. Have some assurance and confidence in that. Amen. That God is covering you right now. Believe in that love. 
know love and believe in that love that he has for you. Amen. Don't waver on that. Grab hold of this thing. Begin to grasp the height, the length, the depth, and the breadth of this love that's for you. Amen. And when you do that, he can fill you, praise God, with the fullness of God. Amen. Without limits, praise God. But you're going to have to believe in that love. Amen. You got to believe in that power and you got to believe in that love. And then it says a sound mind also in that text, right? He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Which is key when we're dealing with all this, right? Sound mind. I don't even know if I It's so phronus emos or ismos. Okay. I, I butchered it. Okay. But it's a long, lengthy word there, but it means good, healthy, whole mind. Okay. A disciplined mind, a mind of really that's under, that's, that's more in control. Okay. It's not back and forth, up and down, wavering all over the place. So we're talking about a sound mind, a whole or healthy or good mind, right? In other words, he gives us strength of mind to endure any kind of mental battle that you might be up against. So not only is he giving you the power to get the job done, not only is his love extended towards you, amen, that, that you know you're covered and that he has your back, but now he's also giving you a sound mind. Sometimes you just got to lock onto that and say, you know what, I got the mind of Christ, amen. I, I, and the more I put my attention on him, the more sound my mind becomes, praise God. In fact, I think it's uh, Isaiah brings it out. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you. Amen. And that what that is, I just, I'm just purpose. I'm going to have the mind of Christ and I can walk now in the peace of God. Why? Amen. I have a sound mind. I got the mind of Christ, praise God. Now, again, all of this, okay, a lot, lot said here in a short time, but the bottom line is this, okay, uh, uh, fear, fear-based thoughts bring nothing but bondage, okay? They bring nothing but bondage, all right? And that brings nothing but limits. They will limit you one way or another. That's why, amen, we've set our mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Because the more you set your mind on the things of this earth, I guarantee you, ultimately, What's going to hit you are fear-based thoughts that do nothing but bring you into bondage and limit you, all right? Lock you in. You're never able to move forward. You can't become who you're called to be. You refuse to take, uh, you know, you're always afraid to make a mistake or, or you're, you're fearful of, of the unknown. Uh, you have the fear of man, all these different fears, the fear of death. All of these are things that limit you, lock you in, and, and in an area of bondage, all right? So he's not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you, amen, power, amen, love, and a sound mind, praise God. All right, next time, next week, we'll talk about some more of this, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for your word. Thank you for these principles. Thank you for a people that walk free from limits, praise God, walk free from fear. Father, I thank you. They walk in, uh, in your love because they have got to know you as love, and they believe in that love that you have for them. And as a result of it, praise God, they can abide in that love and for that we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.